My name is Bron Brown, and I oversee high school and junior high ministry at Watermark. And uh, was really, uh, it was almost comical when Kyle asked me to do the early childhood discipline because he knows uh, the challenges that we've had with our kids and uh, the challenges of, of parenting in general. So, uh, but but here's what I want you to hear this morning uh, before we dive in: is that just like Todd said last night, we all are in the battle, aren't we, with parenting our kids and disciplining them and and uh, trying to do a good job of raising them godly young men and young women. And so I want to pray for our time and just tell you before, we, before I pray that uh, the reason this was such a humbling thing is because I really do feel like, man, we are right in the middle of it. And, uh, but want to share some, uh, some good principles hopefully with you and some stories from our family and, and hopefully we'll laugh a little bit, maybe not quite as much as last night, but um, it'll be a good morning. Let me pray. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for this morning. I pray that you would meet with us here and, and join us and that your spirit would um, guide my words and guide my steps. Speak to our hearts, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. The, the, the one thing I wanted to share with you, do you guys remember uh, before you had kids? How many have not had kids yet? Anybody? We all have them? Okay, I know we had some folks that are expecting and Les is holding his, his baby back there right now, but... Uh, do you remember saying things like, uh, did you see their van? I remember saying that as a, like I would see some, some parents' van, I'd say, did you see their van? It was a mess. There was so much junk in there, and, and I just remember just looking at that and going, I just can't believe how messy it was. Well, we drive that van now. I mean, it is amazing. The French fries that are, you know, underneath the seats and the uh, the little toys that your, your kids want so bad and they play with them for like two minutes and then they end up being a fun thing around your van. How many cars look a little messy right now because your kids? Gosh, it's unbelievable. We have to kind of weed our way. And then thank Watermark uh, for all those great things they hand out on Sunday morning. <laughs> I mean, is that unbelievable? It becomes like these stacks of stuff in your car. And it's like, you know, look, you know, son, you made this, this glued thing that's now stuck to our window. And... And it's got a lot of, uh, you know, sprinkles and sparkly things and all that kind of stuff all over it. So we have just laughed at that van. The other thing we said is, um, if those were my kids, I would. Remember those statements? You know, like, my kids would never do that. And then you look around and you see your kids doing that. Uh, another one I wrote is, um, I, I remember years ago, um, I was sitting with another younger, Angie and I were sitting by another young couple and they said, I'll tell you what. This is before they had kids. When our kids, when, when they get older, we will not watch movies on trips. We'll play games and talk. And, and I was like, yeah, right. You're going you're gonna to be thanking the Lord for the movies uh, in your car that you could have a grown-up conversation um, in a vehicle for a long trip. Um, I love this one, too, that um, I wrote down, my kids will go to bed when I tell them to go to bed. Okay? Anybody said that one or thought... You know, and I think before we had kids, we thought, man, when my kids, when I start, when I have them, I'm going to say, children, time to go to bed. And they're going to, okay, Dad. You know, and they just kind of march back there and they get in bed. They put on their pajamas by themselves, put their pull-up on, and they're out. Is that how it's working? Is everybody in the same boat? Um, and then then um, this is another one that I thought about for, uh, I will never clean my kid's face with my own spit. Okay? Um, moms, if you've done that, that's abuse. All right, and uh, we all have at some point. You know, there's something on their face. You're like, I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a wet wipe. I... And um, and then uh, 
you've said stuff like this. I'm not going to discipline my kids like my parents did. And then you see some things, like I see things my dad did and the way my dad responds to something. I go, that's me. That's me. Um, I'm never going to say things like, and I wrote down a couple, I'll give you something to cry about. Okay, we've, we've, uh, we've said, I'm not going to use that old cliche, but I've used it. Hey, you got, listen, I'll give you something to cry about. We use that one. Um, and don't make me pull this car over. Okay, I remember that one was a classic at, at my, at my, with my parents. I read a quote from Bill Cosby. You know, he was the guy that I watched on parenting growing up, watching the Cosby show. I'm showing my age a little bit there. But he says, no matter how calmly you try to referee, parenting will eventually produce bizarre behavior. And I'm not talking about the kids. Their behavior is always normal. That was Bill Cosby. And I thought, that is so true. Um, last night, what always cracks me up when Wagner speaks is he brings up some stuff that I just, he just gives me material like crazy. And it's not quite Tim Hawkins material, but... But when Wagner talked about his kid coming in and talking about Habakkuk 3, okay, is anybody else's kids, your five-year-old, going, hey, Dad, I was just looking at Habakkuk. I want to talk to you about Habakkuk 3 this morning. It's really got me. And, you know, I just, I just love when he says stuff like that. And then when he started talking about the movies, you know, I, I thought he was going to play Sit Down If. You know, if you've seen this movie, here's the title. I didn't see it. Did you? Sit down. You know, so I wasn't sure if we were all going to be going... And he goes, Talladega Nights. Oh, dang it. And I was saying, so, um, anyway, so I was laughing with Todd last night, with Todd. I asked if they were going to record this, and they were like, yeah, and I said, well, it's been fun working here. Um, well, two, two fun stories before we get into some, some, uh, just some real stuff about discipline. Uh, aren't kids great? I mean, just the fun things that they say. It was so fun to watch that video last night and just laugh at the things the kids say, my middle son, Cooper, says some really funny stuff. And um, we just kind of laugh at him a lot, just not at him, with him. I'm sorry. And, uh, but he said that he loves to talk about what he's going to do. And for the t- last two years, he's going to be a professional snowboarder. And we've never been snowboarding or skiing or anything, but that's just kind of where he's feel like the Lord has, has led him. And so... He told me that. And then he said, Dad, there's two things I'm going to do, by the way. He said, there's two really things I know that are going to happen. And I said, okay, well, what are those? And he said, well, now I'm going to be a scientist. And I said, great. That's better than snowboarding. We're moving up the, uh, maybe the uh, dollar chain a little bit there. We might make a little better income. I won't be supporting you as you're trying to make your snowboarding career work. And then he said, and then secondly, Dad, I'm going to invent something really cool. And I said, well, great, man. That's, those are great aspirations. So the other night we're sitting at Wendy's, is where we hang out for fine cuisine, and he, he looked at me and he said, Dad, is it hard to make a time machine? And I said, that one is difficult, but probably a guy like you could probably pull that off since you're going to be a world-famous scientist. Hey, one other story just with discipline, that as we kind of move into that direction. I can remember at nine months old, my oldest son, Braden, uh, was he just learned to pull himself up and stand up. But that was it. There was no other, nothing after that, which is not a great thing, okay? And so one night, about 4 a.m., he decided to pull himself up in his crib. And so he's pulling himself up and standing up, and he couldn't figure out how to get back down. Okay? And, and so he was screaming, just crying. And I can remember going in there, and what every good parent does at 4 a.m., is I tried to have a rational conversation with him, with a nine-month-year-old. I don't know if you've caught yourself doing that, but you, you find yourself trying to have grown-up conversations with your kids. 
And I'm in there going, hey, son, you need to lay down. <laughs> it's just that simple. And uh, so I can remember over and over going, son, son lay down. And so I was help, starting to help him lay down, okay? And he'd get right back up and start screaming again. It's 4 a.m., lay down, you know? And you're just about nuts at that point, you know? You haven't had any sleep and all that kind of thing. So Angie comes in, my wife Angie, and she... She comes up and she taps me. She goes, okay, because I was starting to go, lay down, you know, like that, okay? <laughs> Bad dog. And, um, and I remember her coming in and she tapped me on the arm and she was like, okay, I got this one. <laughs> okay, so I remember leaving the room and, you know, just like a really good parent, I walked out and kind of hit the door. I was like, like that, you know, man, I go, I'm going to the office. Okay, it's 4 a.m., okay? And I was like, so that, like, I was so frustrated. That was my way to, you know, I'm going to the office. I don't know what to do. So I remember, I remember right after I left the room, I was like, okay, that didn't sound real reasonable. And so I went and sat in the living room, and I was just sitting there going, man, how amazing it that a nine-month-old could get me that frustrated. And Angie came out, and we just laughed for the next, like, we just looked at each other. I go, what was that? That was like a made-for-television movie, you know? <laughs> Guy loses it, can't get his kid to lay down, heads to the office at 4 a.m. And uh, so we have, have laughed just out how challenging it can be that kids can be really uh, frustrating. They can be really tough because we can't control and fix and change their behavior. And, and really what I've realized is we're in this long process of training, and the training is not easy. And, and so I'm going to talk to you this morning about some things that I think are some really good principles. And then and let me just remind you, and let me just say again, uh, we're in it with you, and we're trying. I love what Todd said about those different buckets of parenting last night. He said, you're going to slip in and out of those buckets, and I think that's really true. And you're going to slip in and out of being a good parent at times. You're going to make mistakes, and if there's, there's not one parent in here who hasn't made mistakes in, in uh, growing up their kids. And, and raising them up. And so the, the goal of this is not, if you're not doing these things well, to go, and I want to be guilt-ridden, and can't, i got to you know, go back and double down. You might need to in some areas. But, but to give us some principles that we can talk about, encourage each other, and, and then also we're going to talk about how we need each other in this area of parenting. Um, here's here's some, some things. If, if you guys have your notebooks, Kyle informed me that they filled in the blanks. So... That was to help you, so that, that kind of takes away the fun. You guys, I know you're on the edge of your seat going, what is it? For those of you who like to do that. But, um, but here, on the, just the stuff at the first there. Um, I was at a friend's house recently, and they were putting their kids down. And uh, I remember they were like, it was, you know, it was kind of that crazy time. You know, you need to get back in bed. You need to get back in bed, all that kind of thing. And I remember the mom came down, and she said, am I the only one? That str- Sometimes I wonder, am I the only one that struggles with getting their kids to bed? And she goes, or is it universal? And I go, it's universal. Okay, everybody at some level um, struggles with that. And if not, you need to tell us how you've never struggled with getting your kids to go to bed. Um, but here's what, here's what, as we talk about the how-tos, the first thing is there's no formulas or easy answers. I think all of us would love a book that says, if you do this and this and this, it equals this. And the reality is that's just not true. And I think God's real intentional with that. I think his purpose and plan in that is for us to be very dependent on him and very uh, going, man, oh, I need your spirit 
to guide me in this parenting thing. I cannot do it without you. Your scripture gives me some principles to live by, but if I'm not reined in by the Spirit, I'm in trouble. And so what happens, I think if it was such a formula, if we go this, this, and this equals this, then we would be a lot less dependent on the Lord to raise our kids. We would just kind of go through the steps. And so it's been very good for me just to be reminded, man, I need the Lord more than ever when it comes to discipling my own kids. I've been doing student ministry for 16 years, and what I tell parents is this, you guys are the number one disciplers. We are folks that come alongside and hopefully say the same thing that you're saying. And so I think, I think discipleship for us starts young, and it starts early on as our kids watch us, and so we have a real uh, incredible opportunity. Every child is different. I didn't think that going in, by the way. I thought, you know what, I've heard that one before. Boys will be boys, girls will be girls. But I've got three very different boys, okay? And their personalities are different. And the way I love them, the way I encourage them, the way Angie and I try to spur them on in certain areas is different for each one. It's still under this umbrella that we want to love them. And I love that love and justice. Last night I was waiting for my kid's face to pop up after it had all the, you know, the identifying characteristics. And I was like, what if one of my kid's faces... Anyway, but um, so it's this... Uh, every child is different. Raising a child takes a lot of time and work. I think if we're honest sometimes, and if I'm honest, I just think, I've already told my kid that. You ever felt like that? Like, hey, I've told you, have you said that before? I've told you this a hundred times when it's probably been twice. And we think they're going to just get it. And, and I'm starting to really rethink that a little bit. Just this training idea, when you train for a marathon, it's not a quick fix. And so when your kid gets in trouble at church, or at school like mine have. You know, what I tell the, the leaders, I go, thank you for helping us train our kids. Hey, we're trying to love them well. Um, I am that parent that's been pulled out and said, I don't know if you know this about your kid, and they didn't know I worked at the church or any of that kind of stuff, and they were like, he's, he's a real leader, but, but uh, he's got some and I was like, thank you, thanks. And, and uh, so, but but here's, the, here's the deal, he's acting up in class, and he's leading other guys the wrong way, and I said, hey, well, here's what we're trying to do with him. And, but... but it takes a lot of time and a lot of hard work. I do believe this. There's no greater privilege or responsibility in doing it. Um, I hope you guys feel the same way about it. Um, I hope even more so on the privilege. It is, it is a responsibility, huge, but this opportunity. I love Ephesians 5, that we would seize the opportunities in front of the days are evil. Uh, it's just we have an opportunity to, to love our kids and raise them. And the, and the last one, there's nothing quite as humbling as parenting. I don't know if you were like me when you got married and people said, being married is going to really teach you about your selfishness. Nothing like parenting. Okay? I mean, you know, you remember that time you were like, when you were, you know, newly married and Angie and I, we go, we go see a movie, we want to see a movie. Okay? And we go do stuff we want to go to. Now it's like, well, we can't do that. We've got to take the kid and the pack and play and the three or other pieces of luggage and all that anywhere you go. And so it's just a different deal. Um, I think the most humbling part for me is watching the things in my kids come out that are just my deals. You know, the things, how I'm wired. I have one kid that's a drama kid. Okay, my, my oldest is kind of, he can get really emotional in drama, and I go, I don't know where he got that from, you know? And, and so, you know, they just come by it honestly. And, and, some, and stubbornness and, you know, temper and all the things that you see in yourself, and you watch this mirror of your kids, and you go, man, I, Lord... Help me to train them. Don't you love it when you're telling your kid to settle down? Would you settle down? 
you know, like that? Or would you, would you, you know, I, I find myself getting to the top of my deal and I'm trying to teach my son about self-control in that moment and I'm about ready to lose it, you know? And so it's just amazing. That's the humbling part of it. Well, let's look at a passage of Scripture here. Um, if you have your Bibles, flip over to Deuteronomy 6. Um, and I'm going to read this to you, uh, verses 4 through 9. That's also in your books there. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and you shall be, they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Man, this scripture, as I kind of just meditated on this and thought through this, I was going, man, this is a great parenting scripture. And the first thing that really struck out, it starts with loving Christ. The best thing you can do as a parent, I have no doubt about it. The best thing you can do, by the way, as a friend, the best thing you can do uh, in any situation is to love Christ and, and pursue Him in a reckless way. In a way where you go, Lord, I want to know You, walk with You, and serve You. And if you want to shortchange your kids, this is where I realize, when I shortchange my kids in the area of discipline, is when my relationship with Christ has become kind of a side thing. And I've have, I have quit pursuing him like I should. And guess what? It always ends up in, in, in not good stuff. And so the first thing we've got to do as parents, and, and you know what? It's not our natural inclination. Our natural inclination is to find the formulas, fix, control, work out of fear, do all that kind of stuff instead of just pursuing the Lord and say, and, and here's what I'm trying to do now in my walk Christ. Go, Lord, what's today's deal? Would you prepare me for whatever today's deal is? Instead of, I think before I used to think, well, my kids might have problems, you know, once every couple weeks. But now I'm like, what's today's challenge going to be? And how am I going to respond in a way that glorifies you and loves my kids really well? And so love the Lord. Uh, and then this, um, these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. The other thing we've got to do is be men and women of God's word. Um, I don't know how you guys are doing in that area, but uh, what I love is when I'm in a situation with my kids and there's a teachable moment and God's Word is just coming off my lips because I've been in it. And by the way, that's true with any relationship. When I'm working with high school kids, when I'm trying to love my wife well, what happens is when God's Word is there, when somebody calls me the other day, one of my old students called me from California and I'd just been in Colossians on the journey and it was like God just went, okay, I'm going to prepare you for this conversation and all I got to tell this guy was, hey, Christ and use the hope of glory. In him, all things are held together. Are you, can you, are you rooted in Christ now that so you're overflowing with thankfulness? Because that's what God wants for you. Don't shortchange what God wants for you. Wouldn't it be great if, if, our, if, the, if God's word is so on our hearts and minds that when our kids are responding in a certain way, we can go, hey, let me tell you what God's word says about that. And so my, uh, one of my sons right now has got a highlighter, and he's just highlighting the Bible. I mean, it's like he's going through and reading, and he'll come and go, Dad, this is one I like. And I go, man, I hope that is a mark of his life for a long time. And I hope he sees it in his dad and his mom, that we love God's Word. And I love that teach them diligently. This is not a thing where, hey, if I happen to think about some scripture, you know, that I memorize, and, you know, when you're in Habakkuk 3, um, you could <laughs> teach that to them. And um, 
So, and the other thing I thought about is that the idea that it's not that we're beating them down with God's word, it's that we're inspiring them to a vision. You know, right now, um, we've taken uh, our name, our family name, and we've just given verses that go along with it. And it's, you know, it's B stands for be about others. R stands remain soft. This is our last name, Brown. And so we're teaching our kids that every week, just a little bit of that. And um, I want that to be uh, on their hearts and minds. I want to inspire them. You know, we, we, um, we took uh, Colossians there, just about to not be about our own interests, but be about the interests of others. And so our kids are learning that verse. But I want it to be more than just they memorize the verse. So we're asking them that week when we studied that verse and that, that characteristics, we go, what? hey, um, how did God allow you to be about others this week? And so when our kids leave, that's just what we say, hey, man, be about others today. You know, I want, to, I want to hear how God used you in the lives of others today. And you know what? They'll do it. They'll tell you, hey, today in line, I let somebody go in front of me. It could be something that simple. Or, hey, I, you know, I was kind to this friend that other people weren't being kind to. And so this idea of inspiring them to a vision. And then when, they are, when, they, when you do see Christ-like things in them, man, celebrate that. My guys came in with the report cards the other day, and, and they, they did fine in school. But on the back, there was a steel that says, hey, they do really well with their classmates. You know, they really handle their, themselves well. They're really kind, basically. And so we took, I said, hey, this is all great. But this is the one I'm really excited about. Because this shows your heart. And so we celebrated something that was Christ-like. And I hope we'll do that. You know, I am that guy. I played sports growing up and all that kind of stuff. And I have to be real careful that all of my parenting isn't based on, hey, can you catch the football? And can you make a basket? And do you have good grades? And man, we can encourage them in those things, but man, we need to be shepherding uh, their heart. Here's the, here's the thing. Every child must understand this, that they are, that they are loved uh, by God and you. That sounds really simple. But that, that is so important for them to understand. The other night I was talking to my boys about, do you know who you are? And they were like, well, I'm a Christian. And I said, well, well great, let's talk about that. Who is God? What does God's word say about you? And so helping them understand how much God loves them, that he loves them unconditionally, that he loves them even more than their daddy, and their daddy and their mommy love them like crazy. But there's a God in heaven who loves them even more than us. And then the second thing is that they're under your God-given authority. And I, I like what Todd talked about last night, that um, we're, we're to be parents. You know, and sometimes that is not real popular with our kids. If your kids at some point aren't going to tell you that they hate you <laughs> or that you're the meanest, I'm, anybody heard that one? You're the meanest parent ever? Okay, I've heard that one plenty of times. And it may be true. I don't know. I haven't polled everybody. Um, but... But it, it, it's, it's just so interesting to watch, and that's just going to be part of it. We're not going to win a popularity contest with them at times, because we're going to, and, and I try to help my kids understand that, hey, you guys are under my authority, and, and, and in that, it is a big responsibility. I'm trying to love you well. God's given you guys to me and your mom, and, and we are going to do our best to raise you up as, as men who love Christ and love others, and we're going to train you up that way. Um, my boys have a thought about that. With uh, The other night we were talking about just me being their daddy and how they're to honor their parents and all those things. And, and Braden said, well, it's kind of like I was getting on Braden for, uh, for Hassel and Cooper. He just had a tone with him. And, he, and anybody's siblings, guess what? They're going to fight, just like you did at some point. And so uh, these guys are having at it, and Braden's tone with them was just really just wasn't good. And I said, son, this isn't the way you want to treat your brother. That's your brother. 
You know, you need to love him. And he said, well, Dad, just like you're my authority, he goes, big brothers are little brothers' authorities. That's just what we do. And I said, I miss that in our Bible verses. But, um, and I said, no, son, that's really not it. You're not his authority. You're someone he's going to look up to and stuff. But he had already decided how the pecking order was going down at the brown house. And so I had to do some correcting for him there. You guys know this verse, but man, children, uh, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with the promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Man, we've got to teach them that verse. There's some key verses, parts of that, um, that it may go well with you, may live long on the earth. I've heard some... Comedians talk about that, you know, so I don't have to kill you. And, and, but fathers, do not provoke your children. And I, I'm learning more and more when I exasperate my guys and because of my own flesh. And isn't it funny? Do you ever catch yourself getting almost in like childish like arguments with them? You know, trying to, well, no, that's not what happened. You know, and, and you start playing the third deal and you're going, okay, he's nine, I'm 38. Okay. <laughs> And, and I can't tell the difference sometimes. And so I have to slow down and go, man, Lord, help me to be consistent. Help me to be calm. Help me to communicate in a way. And then also realize that he cannot. Here's my biggest ditch in this area as I'm trying to discipline my kids. Is I have this sense that if I could just, because I've been in high school and junior high ministry for too long in some ways. So I want to sit down and talk with them about it. You know, we want to have these long talks. And, and, and some of that can be good, but some of it with an 8-year-old or a 6-year-old or a 7-year-old, and they're going, you know, they don't, they, they don't have the wherewithal to communicate back and forth with you. They're not going to handle it emotionally mature. And I can't believe it sometimes. You know, I'm just like, I can't believe you're not going to talk this out with me and you can't reason with me as an eight-year-old. But I do that. And Angie's had to go, hey, Bron, you cannot go in there and have this 30-minute discussion. Have you guys noticed that when you try to do that with young kids, it just gets worse? You know, it just escalates. You're going, no, wait, and they're going... No, I didn't. And they, you know, they're doing all the things that we do in our flesh, you know, blaming others. Can't believe you did that. You're mean. You're both. And so some of that, you know, there's a time during the discipline, you know, that I go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down what the consequences and, and talk consistent for, and then we're going to come back to it. I've realized this when I come back to those discipline times, we have some really good discussions. But when I do it right in the heat of that battle, it costs me cost me a lot of my own emotional energy, and a lot of times I, feel, I realize I'm getting to the end of my rope. Here's a definition of, of obedience that I think is really good. Our kids know this definition. They could tell you if you ask them that it's all the way right away with a good attitude. Okay, And I, this is going to be hard to hold to, by the way. The good attitude part is going to be one that's really hard. Okay, And, and, and so we're trying to help them, and, and you have to you know, use wisdom there. Um, and you know, every time they, you know, they get frustrated, you think, okay, that one with a good attitude. You know, you're going down. But if they continue to have, we've done it, that's why we're laughing. But we, 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 as we continue, we go, hey, listen, this is part of it. So when, when our kids go, okay, you know, kick the ball in the house or whatever, they'll go, hey, listen, that wasn't with a good attitude. Okay, that was not obedience. Okay? And so helping them understand, and here's what I believe. If you don't hold to these three, things and you don't hold to at some level with a consistency, that will come back to bite you later. And you're, you're going to be the parent, like all of us are sometimes, in public places where you're telling your kid to stop doing something, they're going to go, right, you bet, I'm going to keep doing this and keep rolling out my offense because there is no consequence for it. 
And by the way, um, you know, some of us are counting. You know, we count, we count to three. That may be a great method. But, uh, you know, in public places, like, I'm going to count to 20. If you don't quit doing that. I mean, it's like we keep stretching it. Or, did I tell you to do that? And we keep letting them kind of go over and over with us. You know, and do the same thing. And if we do that, I really think we are teaching them. We're, we're training them in a bad way. We really are. And so there needs to be some consequence, and we need to be really consistent with that. The other thing I think we can do on that area, just real quick, is that I think we can pacify our kids. I don't know if you guys have gotten to that point, which I have many times, where you just go, it'd be so much easier just to let them have the toy. Or so much easier just to, so I can just relax for a minute. And I think that's where we really got to double down and engage and say, no, no, that's a bad lesson for them. That if they throw a certain amount of temper tantrum, cer- certain amount of deals that I give in. And, and that goes away for the, all the way right away with a good attitude. That just flew out the window. It's, it's uh, well, if you want to do kind of like that, or if you really fuss, and if you start doing that flail thing on the floor. Anybody seen that one? Whew, that's a fun one. Okay? When they're on the floor and they're just kind of doing this, and, and uh, it's like the third... Kid of Tim Hawkins. Um, so, okay, so here's where we're going to get some practice. Doing your part. Um, I do think there's a ton for us uh, in the area of parenting. Um, and we're still, like I said, learning many things of what we want to see God do in our family and, and Angie and I as we raise our kids. But first thing is perspective. You're, you're raising your kids and God is still raising you. This is not for you every time that you mess up. You know, for you to be so guilt-ridden that then, you know, think about that. If you don't do a good job with your kids, man, one of the best things you can do is go ask their forgiveness. I mean, I've had to ask my kids forgiveness plenty of times. And we go, wait a minute, isn't that compromising our authority? I don't think so. And when, you, when you blow it and you've gotten to a, to a high degree of, of anger or that kind of thing, you're going to go, hey, listen, what Daddy was telling you was right. The way Daddy did that was not right. Will you forgive me? For, for becoming too angry with you. And here's the deal. If you, if you do mess up and then you're guilt-ridden the whole time, then you've, you've hurt your next time with them, right? Because you're, you're struggling with that and you're kind of down and then your kid does something else. You've got another opportunity, right? This is opportunity and privilege. So I've got another opportunity to teach them well and you're so still in the funk of what you didn't do well before. I'm guilty of that. And so the Lord is working on me that... Um, uh, in that area. Uh, second thing, commit to consistency. And, and boy, consistency is a tough deal. But I think it's one of the most important things we can do, that we are consistent when they know that as they do this, this is the consequences. It's really good for you to kind of draw out for them, um, hey, this, if these are the actions, these actions equal these consequences. These good actions equal these consequences, but these bad actions or these... Misbehavior equals this. And so, and just commit to you're going to be consistent with it. And that's where it gets tough. You're tired. You don't want to do it anymore. You're going, man, let's just let them do it. How many have said that? Well, just let them. You know? And I think sometimes, maybe that's a survival method for us. But commit to consistency is a big deal. Um, the next thing, that have a pregame meeting with your child's challenging areas. And here's what I mean by that. If you know you're going into a situation where your child struggles, um, my, my kids, you know, like I told you, one of them was a drama, is a drama kid. And so we have to have pregame kind of talks before we're heading in situations that I know could be potentially really hard for him. 
Or if you've got a kid that really struggles with sharing toys, okay, and you go, hey, we're getting ready to go to Sally's house, and hey, when you're at somebody else's house, or when someone comes over to our house, we want to be about them, and we want to share our stuff with them. And you give them this kind of vision already for what's coming. If you don't do that, then a lot of times you're going to run into um, all kinds of, of struggles that you could have headed off maybe at the path. Um, I, yesterday with Easton, he was going over to a friend's house that he, he a little bit is a lot alike. They're a little, both kind of volatile kids. And, um, and so I just told him, I said, hey, Easton, what do we do when we go over to this friend's house? And I said, what, what, what would be a good choice? And he goes, well, I said, well, is, is sharing your toys a good uh, Sharing toys? And he goes, yeah, it's a good choice. Do we hit? Oh, no, we don't hit because that's not being a good friend. He's telling me this. But we have to talk about that before. Or he goes, it's time to hit. You know, and he goes into his friend's house. Um, so we have to have that. Next one, be able to identify underlying issues and condense them into kid-friendly principles. All that means is sometimes as parents, we talk way above what they can understand. You know, if you're going to use words that they just... And I watch my kids kind of eyes roll in the back of their head when I'm trying to explain something. They're like, what? I don't know what you mean by that, Dad. And so just understanding that... We have to put it in kid-friendly terms. When we talk about don't be selfish, they may not know what selfish means. You might say that means that we share our stuff, that when somebody else has something, that we think about our friends and maybe what they want to do. And so, you, so think about things that you might do and just catch yourself going, okay, I don't think he quite understood what I was trying to tell him there. So put it in kid-friendly principles. Um, identify new skills they're developing versus defiance and disobedience. Okay, that's a big deal. Um, You've got to figure out, is my kid understanding this? Are they able to comprehend what I'm telling them to do? And that's always, that's kind of a guessing game at some level of when did it, and I, I tend to think they know more than we think, or we want to go, well, you know, he's eight now. He should know how to do that, you know? <laughs> and so whatever the situation there, make sure that you're not asking them to do something that they really can't, that they're not really old enough to know yet. So that's a big one. Um, choose your battles carefully and engage. And this is, I'm going to give you something free of charge here. As your kids get older, and junior high and high school, as I've worked with students for a long time, uh, this choosing your battles deal is one you're going to want to engage in for the rest of your parenting. Um, and there's just big things that are going to come up. We, we had a, a battle with Easton in the bedtime area that he, uh, our, he's our third son, and we're going to talk about the strong-willed child because he is, he is our strong-willed one for sure. But... Uh, we were battling him with bedtime, and we had to make a decision uh, what we were going to hold him to. And sometimes I did, we just had to step back and go, why are we holding him to that? Okay? And, and some of that's a good question. You may decide that's a high value, that when we put our kids in bed, we do not want them to step back out. If they do, we're going to put electric wire or something down there. That they, um, but, but for us, what happened with Easton is we were having to spank him over and over and over. And our son with spanking was... Uh, the third one, it didn't work nearly as well as it did with the first two. And he became highly agitated with us. And he was the one that would flail on the floor and do all that kind of thing. And so, you know, you talk about being consistent and giving ground. We had to find a balance there of where we said, look, are we trying to hold him something? Maybe we should just say, hey, Ethan, you need to stay in your room, you know, and you can play quietly here if you get, you know. And so we made a new deal with him. You know what? It became a non-factor. I mean, he'd play a little bit, and we'd go in there, and sometimes he was passed out on the floor with a rescue hero like this, you know? And, and, so, and then other times, he'd get right back in his bed, and he was asleep. But we were battling, battling, battling on this, and that was just a battle we chose not to, choose, we chose not to fight with him. And uh, I think it, in the long run, that helped us. 
Um, that may not be the case for you. You may decide, hey, that's when we need to. But with our other kids, if we spanked them, they got back in bed, they didn't get out again. With Easton, he was like, I'm coming back out. And, and so um, we had to learn. You know, and that gets a funny story of my son Cooper again. He likes to wear his socks. He likes to wear what I call old man socks. Forgive me if anybody wears those. But they're up to here. You know, he likes to pull them up with his tennis shoes. And you know, there's choosing your battle. And I go, Cooper, man, bro, those socks. You know, we had to have a sock. And he, he'd look at me and he'd go, he goes, I don't care, Dad, I like them. And I went, okay, cool. You know, and I thought, you know what, that's a good thing. He's not worried about what other people think, obviously. And um, at least they didn't have the stripes that I had on those kids, like the two red stripes from Kmart. Um, so, but just choosing your battle. So figuring out, you guys ought to talk as, as parents, hey, what are we going to do? What are we going to really go to the line for? And what are the things that we want to... And, and here's what I'd tell you. Say yes as many times as you can. I, I think we are just such a no, 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 no. And when we can say yes, man, do it. Take every opportunity to go, yeah, you could go do that. And sometimes I wonder if we're so controlling that we don't let kids be kids. And that's our battle. We're trying to figure out... And, and again, that's such a hard balance. But, but say yes as, as much as you can. Um, know your challenges and set your kids up for success. Here's what I know about this, is that we have made lots of bad decisions on how late we keep our kids out in order for us to have fun. You know, we've done, well, we'll just put them in a pack and play. They'll sleep great, okay? And, and sometimes that's a really fun thing, and go do it and have a great time. But and what I've realized, we've paid the consequence for several nights in a row when we've kept our kids out late. And you guys know, if you've got a drama kid, He's, he's going to be up so, I mean, he's going to be like, I can't have any juice, and he's going to freak out, you know, because you hadn't had him to sleep before 10 o'clock or whatever it is for the last night. And then also for you, you know what I'm realizing? When I don't get my rest, I'm a bad parent. And so I'm, I'm not afraid to go, it's 9 o'clock, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. Okay, sometimes I'll do that. And I used to be the guy that stayed up till midnight, and that was part of my, you know, I'm a student ministry guy, I can hang out late. Man, if I don't get in bed, then the way I treat my kids sometimes, and here's what I know is the battle is, okay? Just got our kids down for bed. This is my time, right? This is finally, I get some time. I get to veg and watch my TV shows, and I get to, you know, whatever you like to do. But some of that you need to be really wise and go, I need to go to bed because I'm so irritable with my kids right now because I'm just exhausted. Angie and I talk about that a lot for us, that rest is a big key us. Practice obedience at home. If you don't hold them to the line at home, I think sometimes at home we go, oh, we just kind of let them be themselves here, but in public we're going to really toe the line because that's when other people are watching me be a parent. And I just go, man, practice at home. If you don't do it there, don't expect that they're going to obey you in other places. Now, preview before new situations and set expectations. That's a little bit what we were talking about earlier. I'll give you another example of one of our kids we uh, there was a surprise sleepover for a friend, and, and we, we, we decided to keep it a surprise. Well, that wasn't good for our kid, because he wasn't prepared for what was coming, and he had a really bad night, and about 11.30, he, I got the call from the dad, and he said, you're going to have to come get your son. Okay, that was real fun for him and me. And, uh, so, but, but, but I didn't preview him a little bit of going, hey, remember, this is how we handle ourselves at somebody else's house, their parents are the authority when they tell you to do something. 
They're just like mommy and daddy. Anybody who's an authority over you will honor them. And here's what that looks like, and I kind of play it out for them. If they tell you to go to bed, what are you going to do? I'm going to go to bed. Okay, good. We didn't have any of those conversations, and he didn't handle himself that way, and I think we set him up a little bit for that. A couple more things. Ask friends and acquaintances for help. I, I, I want to tell you, this has been so good in our lives. Our community group and the folks that we're living life with helped me in my parenting, helped me, uh, I learned things from them. I watch what they're doing with their kids, and I go, yeah, that's worthy of imitation. That is good. And so I seek counsel with our third son, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in the strong-willed section in a minute. With him, we had to really seek out counsel, and we got some really good help from our friends. And things they're reading, you know, we've got a great reading list at the end here, and there's tons of good books out there that can help you with this. But seeking counsel, and the other thing was we asked him to pray. You know, isn't it funny that that seems to be something kind of low on the totem pole? Oh, yeah, we to pray for each other. And I, I have been so convicted in this area of prayer. If you're, if you're in the journey or you're in with Colossians 4, that be devoted to prayer, devoted is a strong word there, be watchful and thankful. And I thought, man, I am not devoting the time for, in praying for my kids that I need to and praying for my friends' kids. And, and so, boy, you have, a, you have an incredible opportunity. If you don't have people you're sharing life with, man, find some folks at least that would come alongside you and go, hey, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be someone that will pray for your kids. And will you pray for mine? That we would love them well. We all know this is no easy thing. So be devoted to prayer. And then the last one um, is forgive your kids. And, and I'm going to tell you, there are times... I don't know if you guys have felt yourself getting really frustrated with one of your kids. That's a challenge. And sometimes you begin to look at them differently. You look at the Scripture when, and when different guys favored their sons over the other. There were some real problems with that. You look in the Old Testament and see some of that. But boy, when you begin to, uh, when you can't forgive your kid and, and realize, hey, they're a kid. I'm training them. They're a work in process. Philippians 1.6, there's this picture. God hasn't finished with what he's going to, he's going to complete what he started in him, but he started something there. And so some of y'all may just go, man, I just need to forgive my kids for, for being a challenge or, or stretching me. And maybe that's exactly what God's purpose is with that, that he would call you to himself like never before. We feel that way about our kids a lot of times. Um, okay, so here's the model for the Lord's discipline. Uh, first thing, it's always motivated by love. Okay, when I, when I, this is one thing that Todd had shared years ago that I've really implemented with our, Angie and I have implemented with our family, is this idea is, hey, why does daddy discipline you? We ask our kids that. Or why does mommy discipline you? And you know what they tell us? They say, because you love us. They tell us that back. And, and I said, boy, it seems hard, doesn't And I talked to him about it. I said, if daddy didn't discipline you for that, what would happen? Well, we just keep doing it. And then what would happen? Well, we... Man, we wouldn't have any friends, or man, we would um, we would hurt people's feelings, or we would um, we'd hurt ourselves. You know, I love the analogy of one of the best ways we can love kids. If our kids said, "Hey, I want to eat cookies for the rest of my life," this is what I want to do. That's the only thing I want to eat at meals, and a lot of our kids would do it. And we go, so a loving thing would not be, "Well, okay, if that's what you want, you do that." We wouldn't say that, and so what we have to tell them is, "Hey, we love you enough." to give you good things to eat. You have to trust that what we're teaching you is right. And so it's motivated by love. And, and to have your kids 
even to say, hey, why does Daddy discipline? That's just a good thing to remind them. Secondly, it's proof that we are his children. I want you to look at this uh, verse in Hebrews, these verses in Hebrews 12, 5 through 13. It says, and, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Do you see that? Illegitimate. I don't want my kids to be illegitimate. I don't want them to feel that way. I don't want them to be treated that way because I want to discipline as I'm supposed to as their daddy. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us and we respected them. Shall, shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he, but he disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. Do you know any kids that are, feel like that? Any of your kids going... Hey, and this is what I'm not expecting you to do is when you discipline your kids, go, thanks, Dad, that's making felt real good. Appreciate it. You know, it's not that deal. It's going to be um, not good. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. It brings sorrow. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And isn't that what all of us want? We want our kids to walk in righteous ways, and we want to be part of God's plan for that. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your streets so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Man, we need to let our kids know that we love them and disciplining them is part of it. And so we've got to step up to the plate there. And it is not fun. I tell my kids a lot of times, I say, hey, it would be easier to let you do your own thing but it wouldn't be loving. Okay, there are times when I just want to go, man, go back there and do that. But that's not loving them. And so you've got to ask yourself, what's the best way to love my kids right now? And teaching them and disciplining them is, is one of those that is, is a big deal. Okay, well, we're going to talk through methods of discipline. Um, you know, this is a controversial one, spanking your children. We, we uh, Angie and I really believe that spanking is a, can be a very useful tool. Okay, and so we're going to, here's some, a few verses there. In Proverbs 13, 24, Who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Proverbs 22, 6, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not turn from it. Proverbs 22, 15, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Proverbs 29, 15 through 17, The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left himself disgraces his mother. When the wicked thrive, so does sin, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your son, and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Okay, so the win of spanking and other options. Um, I can just tell you for us, this, this direct disobedience, this direct disobedience is a time when we need to, um, we need to make sure that that's the time when you use the spanking for us. That has been a good thing. And I'm going to tell you... Um, I don't think you have to go to that every time is the first line. Um, when I was at Canakirk, they used to tell us, hey, don't get to the end of your discipline early. You know, and I just remember, I going, yeah, don't you know, kind of threaten. We're going here, and maybe you make that a little bit farther down the road. But if you do say, hey, if you do that, you're going to spank, and I think we need to follow through with it. Okay? The how of spanking uh, and a word of warning. First, I'd tell you, 
Communicate the why beforehand and make eye contact. And here's how that, this will keep you. Some of these little tips will keep you out of doing the old hand and, man, I don't know, you know, beat you back into the room, okay? And which we all have felt like doing at some point. Um, so communicate the why beforehand. Hey, son, this is why daddy's going to spank you. This is what you did. These are the consequences. We've told you that, right? Yeah, you have. Okay, and this is why. Why does daddy do that? Even spank because you love me. Um, did not spank out of anger. And man, this is tough. And this is where I think there's a real, a real good tip here, is that if you'll find an instrument uh, to use of discipline, I think it's a really good thing. We use a spanking spoon. I know there's people that have the little strap things, you know, that you think a strap, like a, not like a switch, but a little uh, uh, strap thing, or whatever you want to use for that. But I think an instrument's a really good message. That, and it also gives you a chance to go and get it and calm yourself. That's an important thing to go get that because when I, I mean, when I want to spank a kid, I want to, uh, I, and and so I, I, I just want to tell you, think about that. You know, send them to their room and just say, "Hey, Daddy's gonna have spanking." You go back to your room, and then I go get Mr. Spanking Spoon. All right, and so, um, and I'm gonna tell you this: as we have spanked our kids, we have done far less now than we used to. Okay, it was like we initially had to do that, and and we rarely. Um, have to do that anymore. And I've got a nine, seven, and four is what I've got. Um, and my four-year-old still gets it. We don't spank our nine-year-old and our seven-year-old anymore. We have different consequences for that. We'll talk about in a minute. Um, if possible, do it in private. And, and that's a good idea. You're not to shame your kid or embarrass them. That's not part of their training with discipline. You're not going to say, hey, let me show you how I spank my boy, you know, in front of everybody. That's not what we're talking about. Because, again, if it's loving and in the embrace and it's, you've communicated well with them, then, then that's important. And so you might have to take them, if you're in a public place, take them out to the van. Our kids know what that means. Okay? Or if you have to go to the bathroom to do that or whatever. Um, the other thing is have them ask for forgiveness. And this is a big deal. Have you noticed how kids don't want to ask forgiveness at a young age? you think we're not sinful by nature? I mean, watch ourselves and our kids, and you watch them, and, they go, and you say, hey, you need to ask forgiveness. You see them going, you know, they don't want to do it. They don't want to admit they're wrong. And that's an important piece of this. Um, and then the last thing is just make sure it counts. And all I mean by that is if, 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 uh, if you're spanking someone with a diaper on, and you're kind of, you go, you've been a bad boy, and they're going, I'm going to do that again, okay, because that was easy. I mean, they need to feel the sting of that, not in a way that's, that's harmful or out of anger like we talked about, but um, sometimes we can uh, do that even in a way that they don't get the message. Uh, some other discipline thing. I'm going to whip through this. We'll run out of time. Removal of privileges, loss of reward, um, time out, and earlier bedtime. Those have been all good uh, things for us to use. Earlier bedtime for our kids is like, you wouldn't. You know, I mean, that is our ace in the hole, so to speak. You know, they were like, hey, you know, we have to do that again. I'm going to send you better. Okay, I'm, I'm done. And so let me, let me hit on the strong-willed child for just a second. Some of you guys may be our third. God saved our third one to be our most strong-willed. And he, is, he has a combination of stubborn and angry, and he's all boy, okay? And so we have had to learn, and one of the best things I would tell you that we did that really helped us was we said, hey, we talked about good choices and bad choices really clearly. And we tried to, to, to really lay out the consequences for him. We were spanking him, and he was getting more and more 
frustrated and all that kind of thing. And so we started to use just the timeout. You know, we were talking about Super Nanny last night. We were, we'd use the chair in our room, okay? And he'd have to go to that chair, and he hated going there. And it was a very, uh, it's been a very effective tool for us. And we talk about, good, like we said, good choices. What's a, what is a good choice for you? What is a bad choice? And as we continue, and, and by the way, as much on the good side as the bad side. Okay, so he starts to see, hey, and when he does a good, hey, man, Easton, that was a great choice. Good job, buddy. That's awesome. And so we tried to talk a lot about that. And consistency was the key. And he tested us in that area like none of the other ones. Okay, he would flail and do all that stuff. And we just say, we would leave him that chair. We'd leave the door open. We didn't close him out. By the way, when you close a kid out, there's, I think that sometimes brings kind of a, we're done with you kind of thing. So you leave the door open, put him in that chair. And, then we'd leave, and if he'd get out of the chair, we'd give him another chance. And then from there, we might have to spank him if he continues to disobey. If you get out of the chair... Daddy's going to have to spank you, or mom's going to have to spank you. But, but we used that as a, as a tool. And, and also, the other thing we did was begin to really have people pray for him. Um, this reactions of anger, we don't let him go off like that in a way that we, and we respond to it. We'll let him cry and do all this stuff. He'll still do this today. He'll go to his room, and he'll keep crying, and it's fake. You know, we know it's, y'all know the fake cry and the real cry. I mean, we all know that with our kids. And so it's just like, ah, <laughs> that deal. And we're like, we know that one. No, we don't do that. I'm kidding. So, but, but he's back there doing that. And, and I, I mean, I, Angie helps me with this so much because I want to go back there and go, he just needs to be quiet. What is, she's going, just let him do his thing. If we respond to that, then he's going to think he, that's the way he gets us to, to respond. So that really helped us. Um, with him. Uh, so I just encourage you, last thing, man, be strong with this. Be strong and, and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to love my kids enough to discipline them. Discipline them in a way that always the goal is to love them. The Lord disciplines those he loves. And he expects us to do the same. Any, we have about three or four minutes here. Any questions or any, I'd love to hear, you know it would be even better than that? Is, and I'll answer your question. But I'd also love to hear anything that you guys are doing. You're going, hey, this has really worked well for us. Maybe it's something I shared you want to reconfirm or, or a new idea that I didn't share because I didn't cover all of them for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's squirming so much that you're trying to hold him down for the spanking. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'd love to hear anybody else's thoughts on that. But with me, you know, it, it is you have to hold him there. You know, and give them this pain, and, and then have a conversation about, hey, when you do that, you're only going to, you might add to your discipline, you know. But yeah, they, that squirm game is rough, and kids are strong. I mean, I'm six six, two twenty, and I'm like going, I can't get this kid to settle down. Yeah. yeah. So Meredith was saying, remember the issue that it originally was, instead of compiling more, to take them back to what you're trying to train them in. You know, and so making sure that is still communicated well. Hey, this is the issue, and we're going to concentrate on this one. You know, just it's shocking. So anyway, um, yeah, your electronic equipment will never be the same. <laughs> I mean, we have we've gone through more, you know, DVD players and stuff. Is like we got one the first day. I was like, done. Anyway, that's. On it. He he was saying, what about delayed punishment? Like if a mom says, hey. Um, when your dad gets home, he's going to deal with that. I think that can also depend, like Andrew was saying, depending on the age. You know, there there can be some really effective things for daddy to come home and talk to a seven-year-old or a 
a nine-year-old, there's some good things that, that, but as far as teaching them, hey, because what happens, we forget, or they're going, I don't remember what I did when they're real young. And all of a sudden, go, remember when back then, when about five times ago, when you should have done the right thing? So I think there's some wisdom and depending on the age. Yeah. Yeah, they don't get it. Yeah. Any any thoughts on developmental Christian? I'm, I'm wondering about some of layman stuff. Um, uh, Ginger Plowman is another one. Don't make me count to three is one. Everybody hear that? Ginger Plowman is a, is an author that some of the ladies are saying is really worth reading. Don't make me count to three and what's Wise Words for Moms. Gingerplowman.com. All right. All right, one more and then we've got a roll. Or two more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay, so, so, yeah, so there was talk about with the lying tongue that, that, that a lot of times the discipline of the mouth can be what they, something that would be bitter to their taste, just like it should be when they think about lying. Okay, let me, let me close in prayer and we'll mention that. Well, Father, thank you for these parents that they love their kids enough to be here. And, and Lord, we're all just in the battle. But if we realize that ultimately... Um, we are so dependent on you. We pray for our kids that you would grab their hearts. That's really their only hope. That you'd bring them from death to life. Ephesians 2 says they're dead in sin just like we were before we came to know you. And so that's our main prayer. But along the way, Lord, will we train them in ways that they would see Christ in us and that they would believe there's a God who loves them because of the way they see their parents love them. And they'd also believe that his way is the best because they see us falling in his ways. We do pray for um, just what's going on in our country with abortion. We pray for uh, uh, just against that, Lord, that um, you would move on the hearts of so many uh, men and women out there contemplating that decision. We pray that they would make a different decision than they were going to. We pray you'd change their hearts, help them to love that unborn um, child in a way that um, brings glory to your name. We love you and we thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.